Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and this is LGR Liberal Guilt Radio. Today we'll be discussing the war in Ukraine, of course. Uh, We will be covering uh, my illustrious colleague Ben's position on the matter. Uh, Then we will also be discussing um, my plan, actually, to win the war for the Ukrainians. Um, So uh, I bring you now uh, to our our illustrious colleague, as I said, Ben Gordon. You are currently in the Ukraine right now, aren't you? Well, I mean, in keeping with the general truth-telling of our media sure why not yeah i'm in the ukraine right now as we speak can you hear it yeah i can what are the the conditions on the ground out there i mean quite similar to la there's a lot of traffic the uh the vehicle of choice is a little bit different but otherwise open roads lots of potholes the sidewalks are all fucked um but you know for all i know i could be in la but it's all right yeah people are uh having a good time Great. Well, that's good to know. So, I mean, I think that backs up the theory that we all know is true, which is that this whole, quote, war, unquote, um, actually is just a kind of wag the dog um, production that was put on in coordination with this uh, comedic actor, um, Zelensky, uh, who was put into position in a sham election uh, to create this narrative now that uh, COVID is dying down. Uh, that the elite liberals uh, want, the Davos Convention liberals uh, want everything to follow this certain script. So they're getting us all riled up about this and then sending out fake footage to everybody and convincing everyone that that's the real news. Meanwhile, Fox News and the Russian media are the only ones that are actually telling the truth. I know it's wild. And some of it's not even that it's fake footage. It's just footage from other, someone that's found, you know, some great investigative journalists actually look one of the, videos or pictures that went viral is actually from um israel with the palestinian yes. israeli as yeah that was on the first day that was, oh, that on, was on day, day one yeah exactly and let me just See? say that i was just fucking around obviously i am with the ukrainian people a hundred percent and you know have just like everybody else i think uh right now uh in the free world at least you know i have definitely have a man crush on volodymyr Zelensky, this guy who said you know, when we offered to to airlift him out, you know, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. This guy who was just like a comedy dude who had a comedy troupe and then made like a TV show about what if he became president after ranting about something, then he becomes actual president, is involved in the impeachment of our president over arms for a war that Putin had been planning that went now while this guy was president. So this dude who's like a comedy actor finds himself as this wartime partisan uh, hero and this crazy myth emerges and who knows how much of it is true and who knows how much of it is, is glorious, you know, myth-making and propaganda, but a beautiful myth of, you know, this warrior, (laughs) Jewish warrior King. He's also Jewish. You know what I mean? And wild. um, Yeah. And I think it is. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and some of some of the most insightful commentary I've seen. Some of it's from I think retired generals, yeah. and just others. It's that op, most often countries in a position like the Ukraine, where they're wedged between two superpowers, but in this case, actually on the border of one of them. It's never really. It, it's very hard for them to ever quote unquote win, as you're saying. 
we always have losers, right. which are the millions that are displaced and disrupted from it. But then what it means to win is a very odd thing when you have two superpowers doing a proxy battle in uh in some other land and uh yeah god knows what the cia has been up to and is up to now well we know some so one of the i mean some i mean some of the documents are old enough to have gone that are part of the public repertoire one is a, a note from someone i can't remember his name i should have looked it up sent to condoleezza rice in 2008 uh saying that uh, the intelligence Thanks, at the uh, time was <laughs> what's up well saying yeah that ukraine was the red line for russia and that were we to continue uh, courting them doing what we basically doing exactly it was not and militarily go well. yeah because basically the 91 agreement was that there would be no this what we were calling the eastward expansion by nato but we started breaking that within a year or two that's like so, a million years ago ben i know and that's the sad thing it's like i i i reluctantly opened because i had to see the way that the new york times described you know what's the history behind this yeah. And it's like any time where the U.S. were any just, you know, if it was country A and country B, it would be like, well, country A did some aggressive things. Let's try to understand this. Any time there was any of the country A, which in this case is the U.S., it was always, you know, with this eastward expansion, it was very just passive. It was almost it was it was the art of bullshit because they're like, uh, uh, what was it? Something about how Russia responded. Something about they responded aggressively or not kindly to the eastward expansion. It's like. Well, why don't you remind people that in '91 we agreed that would there would be none, and we broke that agreement. Like at least give we didn't people... agree; those people agreed back then. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Think of who was in charge back then, dude. War criminals themselves, the fucking Bushes. Exactly. What was it? Was it Karl Rove in that interview years ago? Who said, "You know, we're a great empire. When we act, we create history, and you can all just study it." Well, I mean, that's that's like why I get so whacked out on the news and go news crazy during these time periods, because I'm always like, I love learning about history. And so when I feel like we're in a historical moment, I'm like, I want to know how it works out. Yes, <laughs> you know, so I'm following. Too. So I'm at this time around, I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting really riled up about, you know, the situation with the Ukrainians because, you know, although we, you know, have our uh, whole Israel is the Holy Land thing, really like <laughs> where people like you and me are from is from these Eastern European Slavic states, right? And, you know, yes. um, the great Polish Empire in my case. Yeah. Which is still alive and well, just not on, you know, the maps that you all are looking at. Right. Well, <laughs> my family is from this like place called Suwaki. And I can't, some people in the family, like, oh, it's Lithuania. Some people are like, no, it's Poland. Like some people are like, no, it's Russia. No, it's German. And then I see this and it turns out both my parents, both of my parents' families, actually my mom's family and my dad's family are both from the same place. Then my uh, wife's uh, friend from college, she also is from this same town. And then I see this article yesterday that says NATO must be prepared to defend the Slovakia corridor and i send this to my parents i'm like is this wait is this the same place that everybody's fucking from oh and that's they're, crazy they're like yep i'm like so this whole thing about like you know israeli right of return and all that kind of stuff and defending the homeland like i always felt so you know oh man we got to defend israel which i still feel like we we obviously need to do but in a in a peaceful way i'm like oh wait this is also our homeland too and you know we just you know, look at those people. And this is where like all of the 
racism in the coverage has come because i i remember like the second this happened and i'm like wow everyone's freaking out i'm freaking out including you know with everybody over this and it's and for a lot of people it's because this looks you know the places that are getting hit look more familiar to white and western viewers than when they see the horrible atrocities in gaza in africa uh elsewhere you know well i think i mean we also can't i mean i agree and people reported about, on that simple fact, and there was a lot of like uh, conscious and unconscious biases coming out. But that is just like the truth. This like jolted away. Like oh, it is. But I think it's Amer- secondary. I still see it as a secondary. Like if we look at the idea of this is a lot of this is state warfare. It's yeah. part what you're saying, but the primary concern is that it's at the border of a nuclear armed power uh, on both sides. Whereas most of the other things you're talking about, the uh, quote unquote, the other side did not have a nuclear arsenal at their disposal. Russia has one of the largest militaries in the world. So yes, race is a consideration. But in terms of wartime, it's getting so much attention because it's two of the largest nuclear arsenals potentially going head to head at the border of, in this case, Russia. Like some, you know, begs the question of what or even just US... accidentally blowing up one of these these plants. Exactly. The Russians so, just, I think, and last I think night that gets... captured the number one, the largest, not only the largest nuclear plant in uh, the Ukraine, but the largest in all of Europe. And luckily, oh, yeah, it like it didn't fuck up the emissions too much or whatever. But um, and of course, people are saying, oh, this is just false fake news. It was just a couple of fucking flares or whatever. I'm like, OK. Well, either way, they shouldn't be fighting battles next to nuclear plants. It's like we don't even have to have these guys drop bombs for this to fucking happen. It's fucking it's crazy. And one of the things so two two thoughts, the first one just on, you know, in keeping with this, the other one is, you know, more on the financial, the trade stuff behind the scenes. Some of what always lacks when it comes out of U.S. based thinking is our country in the grand scheme of things is very new. Uh. And so, you know, whether or not we want to, we agree with either side. Newer than Ukraine, that's for sure. But the people living there um, have much more. So, you know, like, you know, I know everyone hated when Putin said something about like redrawing the lines of the map. It's like, well, that does happen. And so. uh, And I don't think he's gone crazy like everyone said. I don't think he's gone crazy. No, 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 not at all. I mean, if, I mean, it's basically, it's, we have a bunch of gangsters running. Everyone uh, else no is gone crazy. <laughs> He's yeah, driving exactly. everyone else crazy, which is why it's so and the funny. People running all the sides are crazy. So I'm just trying to understand, like, if you're a state, and what do you do in these situations? And right. take out the names U.S., take out the name Russia, take out all those names, and think about it. You know, even Thucydides. Um, he's one of the oldest recorded thinkers on. You know, he was. He supposedly he invented wrote, mousetrap, I think, the game, board game. Mousetrap. Exactly. Yeah, like the Spartans and the Athens and yeah. laying out the different, you know, like six different speeches on. Well, I love all that war history not. shit, man. Like, I love all that stuff. And I was just getting into that. Being like, yeah. Oh, so what damn, would you what if do this happens in of, America? And then it's like, exactly. Ooh, actually, what if this happens? It's in like, what if Russia would have Europe started again? moving? Yeah. Like, or what if Russia or China would have started moving closer to the Canadian or Mexico border starting 30 years ago? Well, first yeah. of all, the world probably would have been blown up by nuclear weapons. Dude, are we, nuked up in, are we nuked up in Alaska? I was trying to find this out today. I was That's trying to find out which so states like, are nuked up. And I think Alaska, there is like airfields there. Oh, so we bet are, your butt yes, there's, we there, we're nuked are. up there. Yeah. So, and then another topic we can get into, I don't want to change the topic yet, is that 
you know, I've been wanting to write a treatise on money and, and all for many, many years. So one of the sites I follow that I find to be actually quite a well put together, it's technically a blog, and then it's a moderated comment section um, is Naked Capitalism. And it's so I've been calling communist communist dot party. No, dot none of them are China. communists. Some of them even work. <laughs> a lot of them work in finance. There's some. But regardless, it's like so like a lot of the behind the stuff that's not getting. I mean, some of it's getting talked about, like the sanctions is just fucking window dressing. Yeah. Um well, it's just it's so they ratchet it a lot up of so it. they can ratchet back. Like they just because well, they don't want to negotiate the big thing. Well, the big thing go exactly, but the big thing going on is who controls the back end of the payment clearing system and messaging system yeah. for international deals. So the the system is currently, you know, run by the U.S. Uh, but both China and Russia have both. It's kind of the same own. battle as the Game Stonk thing. <laughs> It's like kind of it's similar powers at play, right? Yeah. Well, one both of the powers in this case have nuclear weapons and massive military. <laughs> exactly. GameStop had so, just their fucking laptops and fucking, I don't know, Gatorade. And I totally or, see that balance of terror thing that like we, we have to have the balance of terror and that's why we can't go in. And, but it's situations like this where I'm just like, oh man, I wish we, I wish we could send in the boys. You know what well, I mean? Hard, I wish we could yeah, send the in the dogs, but we like, can't. Yeah. Like this, can't for sick me, the like, dogs do. on these guys. Yeah, like I want just as much as the next person not to have millions of Ukrainians hurt. Yeah. But the the ref, the reflex here is the 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 bias is towards a military response. Well, which if I got you a look plan. at the track record of the U.S., it's like, why do you think that us sending in more military is going to work? No, no, it's no, like no, I, I agree. Yeah, what's your plan? Well, we'll be right back with my plan. Okay, <laughs> hang in there, and. We're back with my plan. Okay, so um, here's the thing. I think we're all inspired by the uh, way that the uh, Ukrainians have, um, you know, they've gunned up, you know what I mean? And they, they were ready to rumble when the Russians rolled in. And I think that we all sort of are crushing out on this. But what kind of worries me is that the sort of militia mindset of the right wing in our country um, also sees themselves in these fighters. Like, I feel like sort of <laughs> liberals in America, we see ourselves as like, yeah, man, I wish I could be fighting that fight in like some sort of yes, perverted, exactly. like, like I see that, like, oh, I just wish I could go and fight. And I'm like, I wish I could go and like, maybe like hand out food or something. Come on. Like, yeah, it's like the pornography. You don't want to go pornography fight. of warfare. The people who actually like know how to fight are like, no, we should not go in here. Come on. No, no one wants to be, you rise to the yeah. occasion, but you don't want to be doing it. Right. So, and, you know, we talk about like the military tradition of, of Europe and like the military tradition of Europe has like, I would say infected the entire world. You just see the uniforms and shit that everyone does all across the world is this is all invented by Europeans. And they've spent the last thousands of years, just like clashing against each other. And we thought we were fucking done with this crap. And now we're saying like, Oh, nope. And you can no. and I think blame everybody. Oh yeah. We were encroaching on the NATO ship. But the point of it is these fucking countries can do whatever the hell they want. If they want to join right. well, our, I think our little like in- <laughs> white pride uh, club uh, <laughs> known as NATO, then that's fine. Right. And I think you putting it in that perspective, it makes me realize like, you know, a country like Russia or any country, how do you get the attention of the most imperialist warmonger out there right now? It's like, well, you got to do a fucking as, you know, yeah. their commander in chief calls a special military operation. It's right. like, we've been trying to get your attention. 
diplomatically or whatever. And I'm not saying that Russia is angelic here. I'm not taking sides. What I'm just basically saying is that if you want to get the attention of a warmongering state, sometimes you got to do very violent things. And it's obviously worked incredibly well because now the entire world is focused on it. And so one of the people, two of the people I've been following, one of them was the only ambassador to Russia from the U.S. to actually relocate to Russia. And he's been there since the 60s. And his take is like, you know, everyone, because if you pick up anything in out of the U.S. newspaper, any of like the mainstream ones, it's always about how unprepared Russian is, how stupid they right. are. It's like, yeah, you know, base, you know, who's writing these articles? Sometimes you look at the credentials. It's like you came over from like the arts and leisure section. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're and just looking they for a good makes, post because they thought, oh, exactly. that's not going to be a World War Three. Star but Trek was like, totally wrong. Exactly. And so it's the idea of taking, you know, one step forward, two steps or whatever, two right. steps forward, one step back. His take is that Russia's actually been preparing for this for quite some time, knowing that at least since 2008. Well, Putin wasn't Putin wasn't around then. Yeah, he was in 2008. Yeah. But at least since 2008, if really 2014, and they knew that in order to get forward they'd have to take the step back it's obviously a risk they don't know that it's gonna work but a lot of the stuff that- ben we're, we're we're losing you ben i think you're, oh. you're caught up in the uh the gunfire right, can you hear me yeah did you get okay are you all right yeah i mean i some call it gunfire i call it the the jack of my headset actually getting unplugged slightly okay. but it's about the same thing something makes um, me think that you're just still just in la but whatever well, I mean, I who can really know where anyone is these days, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no way. But it's that. But basically, his just his gist was, you know, no one can know the future, but they were a hell of a lot more prepared for what was gonna the backlash that they knew was gonna come. And who was you more know, prepared? They, Russia, the state of Russia, and Putin's it uh, was more prepared than one would. Would believe if they well, read he's clamping the that shit down. CNN. Everyone's like talking about, oh yeah, the, the resistance is great, which it is, and everyone's fetishizing it. Like, oh my god. Oh, I mean the economic parts, like but, the yeah, you know, all that stuff. Because if you look at it so far, I mean, some but of the people are making a pretty... run on the ATMs and trying to leave. They're afraid that he's going to declare martial law today. Like, oh yeah, but, down. Runs on ATMs but Russia knows how to shut this shit down. It's like everyone's like, oh, there's going to yeah. be an uprising in Russia. It's like, yeah, Russia's really good at uprisings, but also good at knocking down <laughs> uprisings. Yeah, or whatever. But they know certain things. Like India, obviously, is not coming to bat right away, and the main reason is that. Ironically, because they love cricket so much, but they're not coming to bat yet. Maybe, or it's that their fertilizer comes mainly from Russia, and there's already food shortages. And they, <laughs> they've, you know, it's they've like, been taking Russia's shit for years. Exactly, we've been taking their shit for years, and we don't want to stop. <laughs> but no, seriously, that's the, you know, that's the humanitarian aspect. It's like, are yeah. the games that boys people play really so important that you're going to make millions of people starve it's like no india is not going to immediately just jump behind the u.s and their fucking drum banging warmongering stuff because they know they got to grow food at the end of the day to keep people alive so they can't yeah. really um and it's you know and so it's it's never is uh you know the whole world against russia which is obviously not true china is yeah. masterfully playing this entire thing the fact that they're almost never in any of the articles is is amazing uh yeah they're letting every they're letting everybody yeah sort this from out. like a state like studying states and empires over centuries period this yeah, is their century looking at, like, i don't care 
anyone who says they're going to, you know, burn and fizzle, everyone's like, oh, by 2050 because of climate change. It's like, yeah, but well, who's going to be better their, prepared for it? The trouble about their position is they have the, the, the Chinese have no interest in forming some sort of like axis power with Russia against no. the United States. But if shit really goes down, they like Iran and North Korea, like sort of understand they have to kind of they would sort of have to by default fall in line on on Putin's side, uh, at least sort of like diplomatically, if there was some sort of World War Three scenario where <laughs> and um, I don't know, it's a different type of coalition, this like allied coalition that's showing up because it's just a mainly European versus everybody else type coalition. Um, whereas like the previous battles have been always about the dominance of Europe and who was going to come out on top, who was going to be the new Rome, essentially it was going to be Italy or France or England or Germany. And they fought all these wars trying to figure it out. Then America outdid all of them and they realized, all right, we can just kind of broker a deal, a coalition, a coalition Europe, our little club, you know, and uh, they got EU and they got NATO, which is like, you know, it's like the fucking how there's the federation and there's starfleet <laughs> you know what i mean you got your diplomatic thing and you're oh we're also diplomatic but then you got your gunboats you know what i mean so oh yeah so anyway and yeah the russia it's all about like i was saying a couple of weeks ago it's all about spheres of influence you know what i mean and there's some exactly. people look at this world that there's these kind of there's a trilateral uh, uh spheres of influence there's our influence chinese influence and russian influence you know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. And, and right, exactly. I, I say we should fo be focusing on our own sphere of influence. Obviously, now that what's going on in Ukraine has opened up everyone's eyes uh, as to what the fuck, like how dangerous the world is right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and someone. Um, yes. Keep going. Oh, <laughs> whatever. But uh, I, I lost what I was saying. Go ahead. <laughs> now you probably. Oh, no, it. I was going to say that's perfectly put. And really what it comes like, you know, we love going on and on about how like U.S. is a, a failing empire, all this. But right. you look at history, there's no reason that the U.S. empire is actually going to, you know, self explode. Implode. Yeah, but you know what? We've been spending and so much so time. Like thinking about like who should be leading America? Should it be this Trump guy or this Biden guy? And we've shown that that but does no, no, matter. But, it but, does, but the thing is, the, the but, project of the U.S. for so long is how do you get the financial interests to actually run the country? Which is, if yeah. you think about it from like you said, spheres of influence. Yeah, where's the power? outrage at our al oligarchs? We're going after all these so, Russian so, oligarchs they're, they're, and they're the patting ourselves running. on the back. What about the American oligarchs? Shouldn't we be taking their yachts? Shouldn't we be seizing their funds and stopping their flows of funds? You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, where's no. the outrage there? Exactly. Oh, I'm trying to avoid the class. Like, you know, I love talking about class warfare. What I'm talking about right now is states, their, their, their spheres of influence. And, you know, I talk about this more than, you know, most people I know. But at the end of the day, we do know that China's is rising. Russia is to a certain extent. The U.S. may be diminishing. Yeah, well, we're making done... everyone piss us off. And that's why we need exactly, to flood but at our, the end quote, of sphere the day, of influence, unquote. We need to flood it with humanitarian aid. Just education, food, housing, whatever, money, help. Just just yes. love on and... our brothers here. And, of course, the people here as well. And, you know, it, it won't matter whether or not they're part of the United States or not. If if our, our, our brother and sister countries love each other and support each other uh, and we turn our, 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 our military uh, might towards humanitarian might, we won't have to have like fight oh, wars yeah. in our own sphere of exactly. influence. And that's what we're not like, doing. How do we return to that project? Because right now 
China, for all, you know, they're not doing humanitarian, they are doing economic development all around the world. Yeah. And yes, people love they're to the talk ones about being this. the most smart about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They ha- exactly. And, you know, we we do know that, you know, people love to point to the climate change impacts. But at the end of the day, well, they at least have the most control. They have as much control, if not more, over their government as Putin does. But the com- country itself also has much more control over levers of power in the world markets and world military, far beyond uh, the influence of Russia's economy. Yes. And they're more and they can be more coordinated because what's ended up happening is our governance structure has become so sclerotic that you really have financial interests making policies. And so what you end up getting, which the U.S. has, is that our economic growth has been almost entirely financial and there's nothing to on show paper. for. Exactly. <laughs> like houses so are go, worth more, prices are up and but all this kind no of shit. More, but nothing's, exact, nothing's exactly. better. There's not more good stuff. It's worse in a way. Exactly. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that China's an angel, but it's like if you're yeah. another part of the world, it's like you got to choose either your imperial overlord A or B. A is right. just all wealth on paper. B is electricity and running water. It's like, well, give me those fucking imperial landlords. Like, yeah, they, 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 they suck to a certain extent, but at least choose the ones that are doing something real that helps you day to day right so you know it's still you know china's rising but it doesn't mean that just because china becomes number one that number two yeah is that far behind the u.s and i mean domestically it could still be a fucking shit show as it continues but in terms of controlling the flow of actual resources around the world and then all of that rent seeking that happens from running the financial backbone um, for the rest of our life, it could be both systems being used right. by all countries because they see benefit in keeping up the relationship with both China and the U.S. Because small countries, if they're able to play nice to both of them and don't take right. sides, they tend to get invaded less often. Um, all right, let's forget about the money for just a goddamn second. <laughs> all right. You fucking Jew. Never, never stop oh talking about the goddamn God. money. Which is important, which is important. But I'm we not need, even talking about money, dude. We I'm need talking to about talk, resources. We need to talk about the fucking core of what's going on here. Is that we've spent okay. all this time arguing about who should be the leader of America. Should it be these right wing people or should it be these people, these centrists or these radicals, whatever. But we have realized what we're looking for is world leadership. And in this guy, yes. Zelensky, who looks normal and probably doesn't represent super liberal shit, but just kind of a generic, like, let's not be so corrupt type of classical liberalism has been embraced as this new sort of like <laughs> Che of the 21st century, this like icon that could be used. And like, I feel personally like I'm this guy. Apparently there's been assassination attempts against him. Who knows that this is propaganda? Uh, if it is, it's great propaganda, and it's making us realize we need positive liberal propaganda. We have rightly been focusing uh, in the liberal class and 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 thought about all of the wrongs that we have done as society, um, and our propaganda has been very good at, at teaching that lesson. We need to continue learning that lesson, but I also think we need to keep our eyes on the larger fight for liberalism in general, not to undermine what we're also doing. And so to have somebody who can kind of just rally ourselves and remind us that, yes, we need to criticize ourselves, but also we need to think towards the future and what we can do. And this guy kind of 
represents that. And it makes me realize that like, I have felt like Putin and Trump a couple of weeks ago, the decadent Western powers, they're not willing to do anything. And I like Trump and Putin thought this was a good idea going in. And in the end, it might work out in, in Putin's favor. We got to admit, this guy's got a huge army. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, Ukraine is putting up a great fight. And then we've just needed positive propaganda. And Putin never got the narrative. He thought he would get in Kiev so quickly and overthrow uh, uh, Zelensky so quickly that no other narrative would emerge. But instead, this narrative of the strong Ukrainian people, which has made the whole world fall in love with him, them emerge. And so he's lost in this bigger sort of picture. But it's so early on in the war. And, we'll, you know, and, and figuring out what exactly is going on on the ground is crazy. That's why like, the only people I really want to listen to are um military analysts and i've also been watching a lot of like the european news like france 24 and bbc and all this other stuff just to see kind of outside of our neoliberal spin like what the kind of more like worldview of europe is looking like right now through their state-sponsored news because you've got the russian state-sponsored news then you have like our semi fake sponsored news with uh with fox then we have the true uh, uh, censored government news coming out of China. But then also we have this like supposedly liberal government uh, news sources coming out of Europe as well. BBC and France 24 uh, among the ones. I, France 24, their English shit is that's me is, is my favorite news, at least like in terms of visual news online or TV or whatever that's come out in the past few days. But yes, but, but Lee, anyway, I think to your so, point about. Zelensky, whether it's him or someone else, is the silver lining in all this that uh, I'm afraid he's going to die. That's the thing is like, I'm afraid he's going to die. Him, or I'm saying him or someone else, will a uh, a respected person arise on the international scene that starts this, not starts, but continues the project of what we call world sovereignty. The idea yes. that we need more. And so we have mass movements in different parts of the world. You know, last year there was a 300 million person general strike in India. Via Campesino is all over. This doesn't mean we have to abandon our national identities. Our national identities oh, no, exactly. can be part because of it. And that's why the world exactly is it's about finding because, common cause. Well, we, and we and need so, all of our unique personalities. So a situation like this, the EU has become strong because like, and, and NATO has been strong because, because of the different personalities and the way they've exactly. acted against how they've acted in the past. So like we need a little bit of America being like, Hey man, we're yeah. the cow, the cowboys a little bit, but also, so the fact that we're like, Hey, let's not be cowboys right now. It can be reassuring. Like, you know what? You're right. We're let's not or, act crazy exactly people or like how the germans you... have been like so good at being we're sorry by not having any guns or like let's arm up it means something when the swiss who have been you know so neutral all the time when they say to russia hey this is wrong that says something so our national identities are important so just giving into this one world idea doesn't mean that we give up who we are to some like large cult it means that we can use what's great about our countries to work together and so when we finally realize this and when we see one of these potential brother sister countries just getting ensnared by this disgusting beast known as putin's imperialism um it, it it's very terrifying i guess you could say but in a way i feel like i've been waiting for this moment my whole life like i'm like why yeah why but are it's we about so how do you crusty and old? how do you get the hard part is what's the instead of having to choose one side or the other the yeah. bilateral is can we emerge a trilateral? So yes, you can protect Ukraine, but in doing so, you don't have to go to the side of another imperialist power. So right. how do you be subversive by joining what or you're cripple calling- another power to the point where it makes 
billions potentially of people suffer you know what i mean exactly so how it's do not you necessarily join? a long like these sanctions aren't a long-term solution to anything they're just a diplomatic like ratchet crank that they can unratchet uh to 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 move uh putin towards normalization yeah but uh same thing we use against korea and iran yeah but the thing is russia also has levers in real things like commodities too, they can, so the, the, the sanctions of people who've looked into them, they're already pretty much bullshit because there's so many exceptions, but it's really like you're saying, how do you be subversive and not have to choose one, just one side over the other? How can you right. do it through an, a, a true alternative? In the meantime, we have to make sure like the next like week or so that Kiev doesn't fall like that. We don't have, we have, this is all going to happen. But in the meantime, like this will be a major blow to the world if that fucking falls and they, he oh, puts so one, one of these so guys one back general, in. So I, so one and they general took out, I follow. They took out a general out. too in Russia. They took out one of the Russian generals. This is a, a severe crippling morale blow. You know what I mean? And There's, these kids don't have the will yeah. to fight. There isn't a hatred between Ukrainians and Russians in the way there was between Russians and Germans. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's not um, a sustainable ground war, but there is the potential for like, I mean, uh, or, you know, infantry war because the kids aren't going to want to fight, but it's also, so it's, it can only be a mass bombing campaign and it's just going to get really, really ugly. So we have to do, and I understand why we can't send in the boys, but we have to, in the, but in the meantime, like somebody's got to go in if they're if they really do. Close but no, that's that's Kiev. the thing, Lee. That's what Putin was also showing. A great general, a non-nuclear person has got to go in some sort no, of. But fucking, he was, and I have a plan. Yeah, but he was pointing out just the last thing with NATO is NATO functions very well in times of peace, but uh, as we're seeing in times of war, the idea of NATO was that you don't. My plan does not army. involve NATO at all. And I'll tell right, you what but Putin was showing that you guys aren't actually going to send in anyone, which is exactly what's happening. The U.S. hasn't really, or none of the other countries have really sent in any reinforcements. Well, that's, and so, you know, there likely will be regime change. Um, in in, but Kiev, that doesn't mean yeah, it's sure. over. It doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's over. over, and they're gonna. It's gonna be the craziest counterinsurgency because it's gonna combine everything that the world has learned about counterinsurgency during these other dumb wars in places like Afghanistan, combined with the resources of like the CIA and the EU that are gonna come into this crazy proxy oh, war. Oh no, when is it gonna end? So what's your? It plan? will never end. So okay, well here's my plan. So okay, like I was saying, like I think the militia class and the like Marjorie Taylor Green. And um, Lauren Bubart or Bobart, uh, part contingent of the country, they see in themselves these Ukrainian freedom fighters, these these images of a father with his daughter sh showing them how to shoot a rifle or whatever. You know what I mean? These 17 year old uh -huh. college kids that are ready to go and fight and defend. They see that as themselves like they, these they see the militia people see in America. They're like, yeah, that's just like us. They're fighting against tyranny. But they see biden as the putin right biden as the russian yes. and meanwhile um we you know on the on the left we do see people like who are riled up um by this whole thing and and their man or their their crush on Zelensky and like oh i want to go fight or whatever be real with yourself you know what i'm saying you can you can find a way to help like believe me i wish i could take up arms and go fight and defend like it was some fucking john wayne movie but it's not like that so anyway we have all these militias so there's a couple groups that can do this uh most likely um so uh, uh you get some 
um, multiracial defensive militia. Okay. So you get a bunch of militia people uh, who uh, aren't the racist kind and a bunch of other people like former, um, former military people, as well as indigenous people. And you form a multiracial defensive militia that is armed only with non-lethal weaponry, like rubber bullets and tear gas. And then you make sovereign citizenry claims in various indigenous territories, former slave plantations and national parks. So you basically say like, we are creating our own non-nuclear power uh, inside the United States because the United States cannot act. Then they call for, so then then you would defend these positions <laughs> with these non-lethal weapons. You know what I mean? And so it'd be like this weird fake war on American soil. Then you call for recognition at the UN, sign a mutual defense pact with the Ukrainians, and then Dan Crenshaw leads in the militia guys to go fight in the Ukraine. And um, the Ukrainians win. Wow. And who is Dan Crenshaw? That guy with the eye patch in Congress, who was a, he's a Republican, he's this Republican douchebag who, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess I want to hate on him, but also like he's cool. He's like a war veteran with an eye patch. So it's hard to just viscerally be like, fuck that oh. guy. Oh, I mean, you got an eye patch. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude, he just looks sick. Because at that, like, you gotta have one person that you need, you like on the conservative side. One guy where you're like, all right, yeah. There's at least that, that cool eye patch guy. <laughs> well, I think so. How are you going to implement this plan? Or is it already in motion? So, mm, well, I don't know, man. Is it already in motion? And talk about these things, dude. People oh, are right. listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I thought you need people to join you. So, how are people going to join you if they don't know what to do? Like, no, see, do that's why up? I've never been a revolutionary. I'm like, oh, I have I don't want to do that. Yeah, you have to go. You have to go exactly. And that's the thing with like a, a lot of people are going to join the revolution when they're ready. It's not they're not all talked into it by someone. Yeah, I think there, if the, there's there's if, a if mode of action similar happened here. I feel like, you know, n- normal people like us would probably rise up in a similar way and make Molotov cocktails and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not as crazy as it is going on over there. But it's kind of like that. that's the sad thing is people in America will be like, see, you ask why we need the Second Amendment. This is why we need the Second Amendment. It's like, no, they needed the Second Amendment. Like they needed these guns. Not us, you fucking morons. We already have an army that could defend against the Russians. You fucking dipshits. That's the point is they actually would need your stupid fucking bump clips or whatever. Bump stops. That's so stupid. I was so, I, the other day. I was just like, man, we just, just the problem with the world. There's too many guns, and I'm like, now I'm like, the problem with the world is the guns are over here. Let's give them to the people who need them. Now, obviously, like I, I I hate war, and I'm like always the first person to be like, fuck war. But you know, there's something, uh, you know, it's always this decision: are you a dove or are you a hawk? Are you dove and a hawk? Yeah. I've always been a dove. I've always been a dove. But I I heard about this one hawk. She's, she's this blue hawk, right? And she's not like a hunter hawk, but if you fuck with this, with her young and shit, um, you know, other birds do this, but she does it fiercely. This blue hawk, she will come at your shit so hard and she will fuck with you. So I think that that is like what you're realizing they need to be is they need to be that type of hawk, this blue hawk. Yeah. It's and like, I look, love we're not going to reach out like Putin, but we're also not going to be fucking doves that get fucked over by his ass hawk. And let's remember, Lee, this is not a war. Remember, it's a special military operation. 
Well, yeah, we always had our police action. Exactly. That's why I loved when I saw that. I was like, oh, just like how the U.S. described. Well, I hope the U.S. Everything. uses this as a moment to look at themselves. And people like Joe That's Biden have consistently contributed to the military industrial complex. And they're not going to do that. Do, that he's well, you know, that voted that for way. all of these things. But when yeah, there's well, actually people- a time of need when like the American army could actually do something, we're too weak to do it because we're there's this balance of terror thing. And I totally yeah. get it. I don't want nuclear annihilation, but I say we fucking call his bluff and send in the boys. Why the hell not? Yeah. Why are we here? Let's do it. Let's go save know. Zelensky. Fuck it. Let's go in. And we're that's not, the thing yeah. is I hate war. Well, that assumes by us going in. We're and I'll probably prevail. look back on this and be like, Lee, you're being so stupid. But I say, fuck it. Let's go in. We're going in. No, I don't agree because that assumes that our scenario analysis is correct. But what if we go in and it it's actually been correct work? so far? And is that yeah, I, I, heard, really? I, heard my, I heard a friend say, and I won't say their name because this is offensive. Um, uh, what do they say? It's so gay how right the Democrats were. <laughs> well, they they brought it. It's like, but it's a self fulfilling prophecy. They were the ones that have been mucking. I know that's the argument. Winning. That's the argument. Everything's a self fulfilling prophecy. This whole thing. And then you could say, you know, Putin thinks the West is against him. And this has become a, a self fulfilling prophecy because now the West is obviously united against him. Yeah. And that's what everyone's reported on. Is like the world has changed in the past week. It's like, no, the channel has changed in the past week. And now yeah. we know what's really up. He's been conducting the same shit in Georgia, in Chechnya, and in Syria. But people just didn't give a shit about those places. But anyway, yeah. it's very sad. A fucking, but we got a Jewish president over there fighting the good fight. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the country, the continent, rather, over there has this strong European military tradition. But there's also a strong partisan tradition. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, that's the thing. This looks kind of like modern pogroms. And we know so like Jewish people, Slavic Jewish people, you know, we see this and we this looks for fucking familiar. This looks for fucking familiar. This looks fucking familiar. It looks familiar. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just Jewish people now. It's fucking everybody is under this. No, this is not a pogrom because the pogroms went after a certain type of people. They didn't go after the I get it. It's the more leadership like, of the country. Yeah, it's more like when they start trying to the change. Ukrainians. They didn't have yeah, this I mean, kind of they, firepower at first, so they just uh you know they starved them out back in the day. Yeah. I mean, so far it's more, you know, people say the world's changed. Are there's more attention on this than anything before but the idea of going into a country and trying to do regime change i mean the u.s has done it i think what at least 20 something times in the last 70 years if not more yeah. oh so yeah it's not that uncommon and well i hope the world uh, sees how to react when we act this way as well yeah and you know this, what i'm saying the, like but then if we could ratchet out, shit up on putin can we ratchet this shit up on ourselves i don't think so yeah. because you know even though we took a back step biden was clearly the ringleader of all this kind of stuff you guys got to buck up yeah it's well a lot of people are saying it's newland has kind of taken the rings uh she's Who's that? uh victoria newland in his administration who was nice uh, right. has been focused on ukraine for quite some time and is more with it all right um, respect so, but yes, it's like, and so like you're saying that, you know, what we self-reflect, a lot of people do, it's just, will they actually gain the, 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 the levers of power? It depends, to- and it depends on who, what, to what advantage it is at that point. Believe me, if every, if there was a bunch of polls saying 70% of people said, let's go in, Joe Biden would go in. Are you kidding me? 
Just like how the polling on masks. No, I meant the, the idea of a little bit of self-reflection as, oh, as, yeah. as has happened in other times of American history. You know, I've been people have been throwing around some Roosevelt quotes about like right. not trusting your president. Um, as far as you can, little, as far as you can roll his wheelchair. I don't trust. Yeah, I don't trust Roosevelt as further than I can push him. Like, a well, you don't have to trust him, but that saying is true. You shouldn't just uh, just because someone has authority, you shouldn't trust them just because they have it. That's what authoritarianism is. So you don't right. just trust them. Uh, blind. It's so stupid how people buy into that, though. I just don't understand the people who buy into the big lies. Like, you really think that we stole the election from you? You fucking high, dude. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. So, um, but I mean, but then the big lies on both parties, though, because there's the Russia Gate on the Democratic side, right. and one of the operatives in the Clinton campaign who's in the Biden administration is quoted a couple weeks ago saying this is payback for 2016. They're also fucking delusional. I know it's so they're absolutely they're all we're run. I mean, there's a bunch of freaking sociopathic um, narcissists running making these decisions that are not reflective that's the idea of also like don't blame the whatever people for what's going on because we don't have control over what the u.s is doing just as much as most russians don't have control over what putin's doing so right Right. uh but yeah i mean so hopefully you know the hopeful outcome is that it's a regime change like there's been many times and those aren't good but it's a hell of a lot better than uh Wait, the hopeful outcome is there's a regime change what regime change oh for against putin you know because he wants to put someone who's friendly to russia which is oh you mean in ukraine you know, no that's not a yeah, good if russia outcome. the no, best no, outcome better, no no hold on i'm saying the outcome the alternative being a, a true hot nuclear conflict with two warmongering nations that's what i'm saying is a nah, far worse I, no i figured fuck it i figured some things are worth standing for to blow this piece of shit planet up yeah i don't know I, i've been having fun in my garden my compost pile is yeah me to too man i got a yard and a little kid i'm degrees. a privileged ass fuck but like fuck it this is destiny. let's yeah, go know, let's hope. If, i'm sorry man it's my jewish brother is under fire in kiev i, I want to do but don't you want it to end him. like it's been described in the great torah like no. there's no nuclear attack Really? You want it to be nuclear? No, no, no. It won't happen. Well, you just said happen. you want it to happen. Maybe it's it will. Maybe it will. They're not going to. They won't launch. They won't no. launch. No one will launch. I'm telling you. Man. No, no, no. I don't think so either. But that's, you know, that's the risk. I'm sure we're going to see more people comparing it to the Cuban Missile Crisis pretty soon. Well, yeah, because that was over quickly. You know what I mean? People want to move it out of the news cycle. Oh, we got yeah. we got to rile people up about something else. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But I think this one is important. Obviously, everything is. else is important too. But this is a, I mean, this is a huge country. This is a huge move. This is a huge shift in history. Germany is arming up. I mean, I, I don't, know that to me is weird. So I, I'm also like, what? We can also be real about this. If you look at NATO as this kind of like, you know, traditional whites only, non-Slavic whites only club. Um, then um, this is a gift to the um, to the the sort of soft white nationalist movement in the United States and their their European history, European appreciation. This like this uh, 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 it's like 
the opposite of critical race theory. It's like a race realism theory. Um, and this uh, embrace of the importance of Europe and European culture and history as some sort of like intellectual proxy war for just outright white supremacy. And I feel like this is a gift to them because suddenly a bunch of people who are rightly uh, committed to uh, stopping these problems that like white supremacy has called has caused um, might also now be like sort of signing up for something that ultimately is beneficial to the white order. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of the world who doesn't necessarily want NATO to be this fucking super uh, uh, power, superpower, you know, Justice League of, of the white world. Not everybody necessarily wants that, of course. So, yeah. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, you also have to like, you know, I've always seen myself as like, yeah, man, fuck the government, fuck whatever. But at the end of the day, we also got our teams and right now, fuck Russia. And I'm also very disappointed in in, in Israel right now. And I think it's important because I love Israel to hold Israel to task because what's happening in, in the Ukraine right now is exactly the reason why a place like Israel was created um, so that um, people in uh, in it, Jesus, you're making a lot of noise. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. People in uh, Eastern Europe, and, and in this case, it was it was Jews, but uh, uh, or in that case, it was Jews. In this case, it's it's just a whole a whole country of people of, of different backgrounds, including international students and such. And um, you know, looking for uh, a million people at this point uh, have at least been uh, um, pushed out of the country due to the war. And this is the same reason why Israel was created to take the Jewish people who had been so had the Slavic Jewish people had suffered so much under Hitler giving them a place to go. But of course it caused the, another problem because when they gave, gave them some place to go, you took away the place, you know, somebody else already was, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that certainly didn't end that problem. And now we're seeing something similar to that play out. And it just all looks very familiar and Israel. Uh, this should be Israel's mission is, is, um, is helping these types of people not enforcing their own rule in the region. And they won't speak up against uh, Russia really right now because, you know, they're partners in Syria, essentially, or they're at least part of the balance of power in Syria. And, and Russia's military influence and might in the region <clears throat> is very important to, to Israel's traditional defense posture, I'll put it. And I'm not going to say ultimately that has to be the only defense posture but um i worry about uh, um israel further alienating itself from the world stage by slightly aligning with 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 people like this and i think yeah. it betrays our identity of jewish people and and so when i see somebody like Zelensky, Zelensky's not like he's probably not doing shabbat tonight you know he's not like some hasid he's not even probably as probably less Jewish than, than you or I in a, in a practicing sense. I don't know. I've never seen any pictures of him at shul or whatever, but, but, you know, he's does stand in as the, as the proxy for the modern Jewish man, you know what I mean? Someone who loves comedy and all that kind of stuff and wants to be successful, but also like um, cares about shit and, you know, wants to be, you know, one of the good guys. And uh, I really just hope that, apparently they've tried to kill him at least three times. There's been three assassination attempts, but somebody there apparently is a back channel to the FSB, you know, the, the modern version of the KGB. And mm -hmm. they're helping Zelensky's people thwart these assassination attempts. 
Now, I'm like, either this is actually happening and that's amazing, or if you buy into the conspiracy theory view, or he's this um, TV producer who did the voice of Paddington in, in Ukraine, who was so good at manipulating media that this is the propaganda he's releasing. Oh, they're trying to get me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, like, even if you believe that, it's great. And there's going to be crazy conspiracy theories about this, like, over the years. Because the point is, there are conspiracies. That's the whole reason why Trump was impeached all over this stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, and anyway, it's it's yeah. just this guy's life is so interesting now. This Zelensky dude, and I'm just seriously worried he's going to die. And you know, like, look at the end of the day, I know he's he's dedicated to taking out to taking uh, Kiev, but like and holding Kiev. But if if Putin really does come in, like, I feel like we should get someone should get him out, and I don't think we should think any less of him that ultimately, you know, he has to leave, you know, and flee. Um, I know he said he was going to hold it down to the floor, but I don't think anyone would judge him and call him a coward or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or at least negotiate that he can be like a prisoner, or a political prisoner, and we can do a, uh, an exchange. Maybe he ends up as some, maybe he gets clipped like Che. Maybe he ends up like Nelson Mandela, some political prisoner. Who knows what the fate of this this man is? Who's not that much older than us? Whose life yes. is not that different? He's a fa- he's a father and just a, a relatively normal guy. Like he's not some cra- I don't think he's some crazy liberal or some crazy conservative. But you're talking about you're, you're you're saying you want a diplomatic resolution to this. Of course. Of and course. so so my take on it is I totally agree. I'm not uh, team Russia here, but the problem is that, and this is one reason why. I mean, Israel, like any smaller country, is always in a Bind. But one of the things you're looking yeah. at here is geographic sovereignty, yeah, nuclear. And so. the yeah. thing is, you know, earlier in the show, we were talking about having this third way, this idea of more of the the, the spirit of the U.N., not NATO, because NATO is really the world's uh, well, police force, po- little private military security. force, but it's run by the U.S. And the U.S. is a globalizing imperialist power in its foreign relations. And so it's like, you know, begs the question, were we, were NATO to try to intervene and resolve things? I think that it would actually make things even worse because one of the main demands of Russia, whether you agree with it or not, is that you all back down a little bit. And the U.S. or any major power would have the same thing. If uh, a, a strong power was moving their military force closer to the Mexican border with the U.S., we would be doing the exact same thing. Any, uh, in, in the idea of state building would be doing the same thing. So the real question is begged that if that if, if we're presented with the option of NATO is the force that could uh, go in, I would say don't do it because it's not going to lead to the scenario analysis. That's what I mean. A, a non-NATO was, power has to go in. Someone, exa- who could go in? Bhutan? Get some nation to go in and we arm them up and send them in. That's what I'm saying. Can you hear me? I think I've lost you, boy. You're muted, brother. Oh, I hit my mute button, dude. You're muted, brother. Now I'm not. So... So yeah, what's your plan? My plan is to get yeah, non-nuclear power, non-NATO power to go in. We need we need te- we need the Avengers. <laughs> we need X-Men. We need 
We need magical thinking. Yeah. See, well, the thing is, yes, but then that begs the question of if part of that, let's say you do have a moderator going in, one of the things that would be requested of the NATO side, which is the US, is that it does uh, fulfill its agreement starting in 91, that it wouldn't move so far eastward. And that's really hard for people to stomach night now. Like, we're all conditioned to think that by the US having this military right at their border, we're making the world a safer place. That's not necessarily true. And I don't believe it's true. That's my belief of this. Um, and so I don't want NATO to act. The third party action right now is not available. The available thing is that the US, which is controlling NATO, does fulfill a few more, give into a few more of Russia's demands. And it could possibly, no, in my you mind, you can't give in to any demands because then you then just we'll show be, that just what, like aggression like this works. I don't or but then no, but look at the alternative by this idea of not negotiating with terrorists. We were we the U.S. military has displaced its estimated 60 million people um, over the last couple generations. And Afghanistan and Iraq is just two of it. So the idea, and we were there for 20 years occupying other people's lands, we're still there. Um, so the idea of not negotiating and not giving in does, doesn't necessarily work either because what's the other, so that's what I'm getting at, that the realist outcome, not the scenario planning if you're sitting in a, at a computer and writing a college paper and you want to, as a regime, is a regime, shame, regime, regime change where they don't level the country. That's basically what you think is going to happen. They don't no, have to I'm level the whole country, but they negotiate some sort of regime I'm, change. It's the least of the because we do know that the U.S. was partially behind the regime change in 2014. So it's not like we're innocent here. And yes, right now, of yeah, all of the actual us. available. It's outcomes, not about who's innocent. It's about what needs to be done now. I know. And my my take is that 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 would end things the most quickly and disrupt the fewest amount of lives. And um, because right now we're we're. The, the current path we're on does not have a good precedent with history, both contemporary and in general. And so I'd like there to be other paths we could take, but those aren't currently on the table. They're only on the table in paper. So, yes, on paper, yeah, the, the only way I, don't, can, I don't agree. Yes. I, I think at this point, the best thing to do is to ratchet down these sanctions um, for very specific things like ratchet down the personal sanction in order to declare like a ceasefire ratchet down additional sanctions to get forces back into Crimea or the Donbass region. You know what I mean? Like slowly dismantle what this movement he's made, give him a, a way to edge out. He's already has so much control over his state media. He can make up whatever bullshit he wants to cover this up. You got to give him a tactic, a way to tactically retreat in a way that he can still preserve himself. Um, but what he's asking for is normalization because yes. it's so there's so much shit that has happened <laughs> that so much shit that we've imposed on him, starting from all of like the swift bank stuff and the yachts and all of this, you know, freezing everything down to firing conductors at orchestras for symphonies because they're friends it's with Putin. Some, and they won't, it's performative. Yeah. No, crazy. Or like this opera lady, like she got fired because she wouldn't stop slurping Putin's dick or something like whatever it's, it's so insane. ridiculous it's so like not you know yeah and like you don't necessarily need like would Zelensky 
like the idea of this, this so part of this also was the uh, building of a new pipeline, oil pipeline. For, to, the the Ger- US, to Germans and Olaf. Yeah, so we'll allow that to happen. Like, we need to have absolutely everything. And that's one of the, the hubris of everything that we're saying that unless we get a, our way exactly, then the other side's to blame for everything. And we're going to do whatever we want for as long as we want. And that's what I'm saying is untenable and going to lead to far more displacement of far more people over a longer period of time. Yep. And I don't see it happening, though. I see this being the quagmire of, say, Afghanistan and Iraq, but on a a global scale. I was reading actually an interesting thought piece that I want to... It's about Ukraine population-wise is about the same size as Iraq. So, um, but it is much more integrated into the society that is attacking it. You know what I'm saying? Like really the yes. war in Iraq was very much uh, a clash of different hemispheres of quote civilization unquote, even though like there, there was aspects of uh, Iraq that were very westernized in, in, in certain ways, it was sort of like a clash of different sort of parts of the world. Whereas this clash, not so much, you know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, there's a, a familiarity and then there's also, um, well, there's a connection to the rest of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like when Iraq gets attacked, Iraq can't go to you know, call up their representative from, or call up somebody they talked to from France 24, the BBC and be like, oh man, it sucks what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but if well, you're some in the, of the Ukraine, funny, you can't. Yeah, in terms of calling other people, well, some of the funniest things I've been seeing is people like, oh, Zelensky, so he's already got his mansion and yacht ready for him in Miami. He's on his way. And I'm like, no, fuck are you? but it shows to what you're saying about calling up the person, um, you know, that that was not available. Yeah. Um, so if I was, then, Putin, but I would, here. I would pop my top off and I would uh, show that on, he's got get a, on horseback. Do you think he's got a six pack? Uh, no, I'd get on horseback and I'd no. ride out and then I would negotiate like a, a ceasefire personally. You don't think he has a six pack? No, I think. Seriously? You don't think he stays toned up or at least like does those things? Really? No, I don't. (laughs) All right. Well, I I, do. I no longer buy into the Putin as as Uberman. Uh, no, no, but the six pack could just be from like electrostimulation. He might, he oh, might be really? completely unusable. Or they might just, they might inject, they might inject him with muscle yeah, or something. I said, does he have a some... six pack? I didn't say, does, does the musculoskeletal system of you know, I didn't go into all the right. details about the usefulness of it. It could be pure yeah. vanity. Well, I guess we can't. So now, go do you into... think? Now, do you think he has a six pack? Yes, I do. And okay, you know, good. we can't go into all the details here at LGR Liberal Guilt Radio, but uh, we thank you for joining us today. And Ben, I certainly thank you for joining us, uh, not from LA, but definitely on uh, on site, on location in the war torn region of of the Ukraine. I I uh, thanks for having me on today. It's uh. Like anything in history, it's living history. It, there's, it's so difficult to know. It's so much easier to read in retrospect and say, oh, yeah, why didn't they just do that or this? Well, stay safe, Ben. Oh, everyone's been saying that. Like, there are people report from, like, they're like, we're standing in front of a bunch of shit blowing up. And then, like, all right, well, stay safe. Oh, <laughs> one like, of my. There ain't no fucking war. What do you mean, stay safe? Of a, a friend of a friend's boyfriend is actually was headed to Ukraine to train Polish, or maybe it's with a Polish-funded thing to train journalists there. Wow. I was like, definitely, you can tell him to stay safe. But I was like, damn. Yeah, that's sick. That's, uh, but anyway, yeah. um, 
I wish we were as cool as that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. All right, bud. Well, uh, I hope uh, you and your beautiful family are doing well, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on LGR. The Bull Radio, Radio, Radio.